So let's make our declaration of faith. If you have your Bibles or your electronic device lifted above your head and somebody shout, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer and not just a hearer. And my life, again, and my life, one more time, and my life is the better. After hearing, obeying, and applying a word from the Lord. Book of 2 Kings, chapter number 6, verses number 24, the writer declares, Sometime later, Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, mobilized his entire army, not a portion, everybody, and marched up and laid siege to Samaria. They surrounded the entire city. Because of this, nothing could come in, nothing can go out. So 25 declares in this city, there was a great famine. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for 80 shekels of silver and a quarter of a cab of seed pods for five shekels. 26 declares, as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried to him, help me, my lord, the king. So the writer is getting ready to highlight how bad this famine really is. Verses number 28, this woman replies to the king. The king says, what's the matter? She answered, this woman said to me, give up your son so we may eat him today and tomorrow we'll eat my son. So we cooked my son and ate him. The next day I said to her, give up your son so we may eat him, but she hid him. How many of y'all would have been the second woman? You would have just like, let's eat your kid. <laughs> Tomorrow we... Some of y'all, like, depending on the day, I would have been the first woman. No, let's go on and eat all mine. <laughs> let's, let's get them out the way. <laughs> 30 declares, <clears throat> the king was so grieved, 30 declares, when the king heard the woman's word, he tore his robes. As he went along the wall, the people looked, and they saw that under his robe, he had sackcloth on his body, which is a sign of mourning. So the king is looking for the man of God. Everybody shout, the man of God. He's looking for the man of God because he's looking for a word. Now, you got to give an account. Give us understanding what God is doing, what's going on, and what we need to do. So when we get to chapter number 7, verse number 1, Elijah spoke up, and he says to the king and all of his men, here... <clears throat> the word of the Lord. Everybody shall hear the word of the Lord. The man of God said, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says about this time tomorrow. A sea of the finest flour will sell for a shekel and two seas of bar barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. The officer on whose arm the king was leaning said to the man of God, look, even if the Lord should open the flood, even if God's going to do this, open the floodgates of heaven. Could, could this really happen? <laughs> and look what the prophet is going to say. You're going to question God? You're going to do God like that? He says, you will see it with your own eyes, but you will not eat any of it. You're going to doubt my God like that. Father, now in Jesus' mighty name, I want to thank you so much for this opportunity to share the word of God with the people of God. I thank you, God, that you, you visited me, that you spoke to me. You gave me instructions as to, not just for the word for today, but this season that we're entering into, and I'm excited about this season, Father. So I pray, God, that the words of my mouth, the very meditations of my heart, that they are acceptable in your sight, 
and it is in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise again. Amen. So let's, let's start here. Um, this, the scripture um, often describes us, mostly New Testament, some old, but mostly New Testament. It describes us as people of God, as sheep. Everybody shout sheep. Now, I must confess and repent that I have in, pa- in the past misinterpreted the meaning of what this analogy of us being a sheep is all about. My understanding of sheep is that they are simple and dumb animals, and without a shepherd, they are utterly destitute. Now, there is some truth in that, because a sheep needs a shepherd. And if we are his sheep, come on, somebody, we need our shepherd. Can somebody say amen to that? Although that's true, that's not the true analogy that the Scripture is pointing to when he refers to the people of God as sheep. What the true analogy is, sheep has this particular ability amongst all the other animal kingdom. Sheep has this particular ability to hear their shepherd's voice and to respond to him. So you can have three shepherds and their flocks are intermingled. And these three shepherds can go in three different directions and they'll just make a, just a little simple ch- a sound And although all of the flocks are intermingled, they will go in separate directions because they will only respond to the voice of their shepherd. So as sheep, everybody shout, I'm a sheep. As a sheep, you have an innate ability to hear your father's voice. Can somebody say amen to that? So we ain't tripping. Everybody shout, I do hear from God. You don't have to be a prophet, apostle, pastor, evangelist, teacher, none of that as a child of God. Come on, somebody, because there are some of you all, you're grabbing for titles, you're grabbing for offices, and you don't even realize the value of just being a child, being a son of God, a daughter of the Lord. Are y'all with me in this place? So the Bible declares in John 10, 27, my sheep, what what do they do, y'all? What do they do? My sheep do what? They hear my voice. They hear my voice, and they know my voice. And if you're a child of God in this place, I already know. I ain't challenging what you hear. I already know that you hear from God. Everybody shout, I hear from God. So y'all help me just for a moment. How many of you all, how many of you all from time to time, you're reading the scripture, you're reading the scripture, and it's like something will just lift off the text and just minister to your spirit? How many of you, come on, lift your hands. How many of you have ever experienced that? That's good. That's good. That's good. How many of you all, like me, often you just hear God? It's really like just a soft impression upon your heart, and you just know that that's God. Yeah. How many of you guys, like me, um, you just thought in the past you were just so smart because you, this, this thought just came to mind. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this. But you realize that wasn't you. It was God talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. God is everybody shout, God speaks to me. Yeah. How many of you all are dreamers? Where are my dreamers at? Look at that. Look at that. How many of y'all have open visions? Now, I've never had an open vision, but my, my mentors, they talk about what it's like to be standing up. It's like a dream, but you awake, and God plays a movie. How many of y'all, where the open visions at? Look at that. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. Angelic visitation. I'm praying for them. I've been praying for them lately. I said, God, if it's in the scripture, so I want to experience it. Pop, send me an angel. I want to. I want to see, if they saw him in the scriptures, why can't I see him today? 
But it's crazy because some of y'all, how many, who, who, who of y'all in here that, that's had an angelic visitation? Where you at? Where you at? That's so good. That's so good. My God today. What about the audible voice of God? Now, I've only experienced this one time in my life, and it was amazing. It was amazing. Pop, I was out there doing something that I had no business doing. I should have waited on you to come and help me. <laughs> but you were slow, and I feel like, wait. I was cutting down this tree. I was cutting down this tree after Zeta. And I was standing in the wrong position. And I was all halfway through the meat of the tree. And didn't realize that the tree was getting ready to fall. And I'm talking about a big old round uh, oak tree, getting ready to crush my leg. And halfway through the meat of the tree, I heard, watch this, somebody say, Greg! And I, that's it, that's what he said. That's what he said. <laughs> Hold on, it wasn't God, it was that baby. <laughs> I heard some say, Greg, look, I took off my earphones, because I had on my earphones. And I said, I looked around. I went inside the house and I said, babe, did you call me? I looked at the, did anybody call? I know they ain't called me, Greg, but I just asked. <laughs> did y'all make a mistake? I went back, put, picked up my chainsaw and got ready to cut again. And I looked at it and I said, oh no, this finna crush my leg. I believe that that was the audible voice of God. Where my audibles at? Where, where you at? Where you at? Where you at? I don't doubt that at all. I believe it. Now, now let's, let's, let's look at the, um, the DNA of a word. Let, let, let me go here. Let me go here. Prophetic encounters. How many of you guys just been walking in the grocery store, minding your own business, and somebody just come up to you and just read your mail? How many? How many? And you're like, <laughs> hey, how many of y'all, don't raise your hand, but how many of y'all been in service, a prophetic service, and you was in sin, and you were like, God, don't let him prophesy to me? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Pop, I pray some prayers. God, don't show him nothing. <laughs> and it'd be funny. He prophesied to everybody on my road. He'd look at me and he'd go move on. I'd be like, thank you, Jesus. I already know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> yes, Lord. Let me ask you a question. How many times God speaks through me to you while you're sitting there? And you be like, dog, on, Pastor, you've been following me all week. You better, you better, that's weird, Pastor. <laughs> Don't nobody know that but the folk in my house. And God speaks, everybody shout, God is speaking to me. God is speaking to you. Light impressions, God has given you dreams, visions, revelations, um, prophetic words. God is, it's not an odd thing. Matter of fact, it's odd if God ain't talking to you. So we should live our lives with an expectation that God's going to say something. Somebody shout, today. I'm talking about, look, Chad, every day I'm expecting God to say something to me. Ain't got to be no deep revelation. It could just be him reiterating something he's already said. But because I'm in, everybody shout, relationship. I mean, wouldn't it be odd for me and my wife, me and my wife, me and my children, we live in the house every day. My, my, my daughter, I was, I was out of town this week. And um, went, my, my, my wife went to pick up Charity uh, Friday. I think I was already asleep, so I didn't see Charity. I didn't see Charity um, Friday when I got home. And Saturday morning when I did see her, she just walked right past me. I'm like, what's up with this? After service, y'all look at Charity and say, what's up with this? It's odd for us to be in the same house and not talking to one another. 
I'm telling you, it's odd for God to be in your and you're not hearing nothing from the Lord. You should be talking to him, and the expectation is he's going to talk to you, everybody shout, every day. Now watch this. I want to highlight the DNA of a word, because everybody shout, a word is powerful. A word from the Lord is, are y'all with me? I just got a simple, I'm serious, it's a simple word, but it's powerful, it's going to bless you. I want to look at the DNA of a word, chat, because a word is powerful. The word has the power to drive back the devil, Matthew 8, 16. Heal six bodies. Heal sick bodies, Luke 77. Break sinful patterns, Psalm 119, 11. Create something out of nothing, Genesis 1 and 3. This is all the word. Cause material prosperity, Psalms 1 and 3. Achieve miraculous results, Luke 138. Encourage the discouraged, Romans 10, 17. Produce peace and calm fears, Mark 4, 39. I could have went on. Everybody shout, there's power in the word. Okay, so this is what God told me to challenge you with today. Because I know he's been talking to you. And because I understand the power of the word. The challenge is, some of you all, the fruitfulness of your life don't match the level of word that he's been speaking to you. So I ain't, I ain't tripping that you hear from God. I know you hear from God. I know God been speaking to you. He's been giving you dreams. He's been giving you vision, prophetic encounters, revelation. I know God has been talking. But at the end of the day, as powerful as the word is, why doesn't your life, the fruitfulness of your life, match the potency of this word? So the question on the table is, look at your neighbor and say, help me preach to your neighbor because I don't know who this word is for. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, what you been doing with the word? What have you been doing with the word that God has been speaking to you, the dreams and the visions and the revelations and the prophetic encounters and the, the open visions and the audible voices, the angelic visitation? I know it's powerful, but at the end of the day, what have you been doing with the word? Let me give you scriptural examples of people who use the word and maximized it. In 1 Timothy 1 and 18, the apostle Paul encourages his son. He says, Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command. In keeping with the prophecies once made about you, said that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. He says that there are prophetic words that were spoken over you. And he says, I want, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you got to recall the word. You got to recall the word. You got to remember the word. Some of y'all need to start journaling and actually writing down your dreams, writing down your prophetic words, writing it down. He says, recall them. Why? In order so that you can fight the battle well. Because how many know every word from God is going to be tried? You mean to tell me you think the devil just going to let that word come to pass without trying that word, without testing that word? He says, recall the word so that you can fight the battle well because the devil is coming to test the word. Are y'all with me in this place? He says, 1 Timothy 4.14, do not neglect your gift, which was given you through what, y'all? Through prophecy. Again, that prophetic word. When the body of elders laid their hands on you. And he's going to say again concerning this prophetic word in 2 Timothy 1 and 6, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou, everybody shall stir it up. You can't let that word just settle to the ground. This, this particular text reminds me when we used to make Kool-Aid growing up. <laughs> we had more sugar than water. 
Yeah. How many of y'all like great, great, grape Kool-Aid? How many of y'all like red Kool-Aid? Ain't no such thing as red Kool-Aid. It's strawberry or cherry. Talking about some red Kool-Aid. Y'all know where y'all from? Y'all from Nagapur. That's where y'all from. I thought I was the only one, Pop. We got some Nagapurians in the house. We used to make that Kool-Aid and that big old thick sugar would settle on the bottom like this. Is it too much sugar? No. You got to... Some of y'all are allowing the word of God to settle at the bottom and you're not receiving the sweetness, the fruitfulness of the word because you ain't stirring nothing up. Watch this. Matthew 17, 27. Uh, Peter is in a predicament where my man is behind on his taxes and he goes to Jesus. What are we going to do? Jesus speaks a word and he says, go to the lake and throw out your line. Take the first fish, fish you catch. Open its mouth and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for my tax and yours. Now, now watch this. Uh, God is going to give you a plan. He speaks a plan into your life to financially liberate you from your creditors. And you mean to tell me you're not going to move on that word? Y'all looking at me crazy, but I'm looking at you crazy too because God has already given some of y'all a financial plan and you excited about something you ain't moved on yet. Are y'all with me in this house? Luke chapter number one, the angel of the Lord visits Mary and he gives her this great proclamation, Hail Mary, favored among all women. And he begins to describe the plan of God, how that he's going to impregnate her with the power of the Holy Ghost to bring about a son. And this is Mary's response. Okay, what, what do you do with the word? What, what, when God tells you something he's just going to do for you, what do you do with the word? What do you, how do you respond? Mary said in uh, Luke one thirty-eight, she says, be it unto me according to thy word. You want to know what she said? She said, God, everything you said about me, let it come to pass. Everybody shout that, God, everything you said about me, let it come to pass. And it manifested in her life. That's what you ought to do with the word. But this is what many of us are doing with the word. Look at Luke 8, 13. The scripture declares, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy. Receive the word with joy. They received, they, they were happy that they got a prophetic word. They woke up the next morning, called their girlfriend, and shared the vision that God gave them. They were walking in the mall, and God gave them an impression, and they picked up the phone. They were like, girl, you ain't going to believe what God just revealed to me. They received the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. And because they have no root, they don't cultivate it. They believe for a while, but in time of testing, what happens, y'all? Time of testing. What happens? They fall away. Because they don't take the word. Meditate on the word. Put the word into action. Actually act on the word. Everybody shout, God wants me to act on his word. I'm talking to somebody in this place today that God has been dealing with you and you sitting there looking like, God, I'm waiting on you. But God is saying, no, you ain't waiting on me. I've already given the word to you. I am waiting on you to act on what I've already said. Can somebody say amen to that? And then there are some of you all that's acting on the word, but you're about to give up on what it is that God has blessed you with. Yeah. 
1998, I heard God walking across USM campus, Bun Hall. I heard God say to me, Irene is your rib. I heard that word clearly. Here we are almost 23 years in marriage later, 24, 25 years now since I heard that word. I love my wife, but watch this. I absolutely like our marriage. Let's, let's, let's clarify that. Because it's the difference between love and like. Love and like. Love, I've always loved her. I ain't always liked her. Y'all looking at me crazy. I said, I mean, she got my heart. My brother told me the other day, he says, you, you hearing pecked? You hearing pecked? I said, no, I got pecked by the right hand. Love her, I hadn't always liked her, but we're in a, we're in a, we're in a season where I just, I, I, I like her. Now, some of y'all know what it's like. Watch this, watch this. To ask for overtime so you ain't got to come home. <laughs> I know you sitting next to your spouse, so you got to. <laughs> Boss be like, hey, guys, I'm sorry, but I need one of y'all to stay. And everybody act like they didn't hear. I'll be like, I, I got you, I got you. And I call home and be like, hey, babe, man, I got to stay for overtime. No, I ain't got to stay. I did choose to stay. We in a season of we love and we like each other. We ain't just husband and wife, but we friends. Now watch this. It ain't always been that way. So in rough times, what are you going to do, Pastor McGee? Are you going to give up on the word that God gave you? Are you going to remind yourself? Because you ain't, some of y'all saying you got to remind God. You ain't, God hadn't forgot. Some of y'all have forgotten. I had to go back to 1998 and say, God, I know you said that Irene is my rib right now. It ain't looking like we nothing. But I'm going to stand on what you said and I'm going to persevere. Come on, somebody. And I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to lie. I did ask God for new instructions. I know what you said, God, but if you want to change your mind at any moment, I will obey. <laughs> I stayed with the word. I heard God, and it was, it, was, it was 2005 or 2006, laying on my lounge, I heard God say, uh, 2005, 2006, I heard God say, empowerment ministries. And I lifted up off my lounge just like this because I knew what God was set telling me. He was challenging me to start this work. And there are some people, I love y'all, I love y'all, there are newer people that are coming into the ministry and they're like, wow, this is great, this is a blessing, this is amazing, we got this and we doing this and we doing, we ain't start like that. When we first started, it was depressing every day. <laughs> every single day was depressing. Yeah, depressing. We started out in an apartment complex, watch this, with 25 chairs. 25 chairs. When all 25 chairs was full, I call, I just act big shot. I call my brother, my brother. I'll be like, hey, my man, man, God packed the house out today, man. All 25 chairs was full. I ain't tell him all 25. It wasn't a chair empty, bro. Just, just 25. Got a call one day on a, watch this, watch this. Got a call on a Saturday that said, hey, Reb. The manager told me to tell y'all, y'all making too much noise, 
but y'all can't come, so y'all can't come to church Sunday. Y'all can't have church Sunday. Now, Saturday night, we're supposed to have service the next. You understand what I'm saying? So I ain't called the members and tell them nothing. We just showed up. And watch this. When we showed up, I, felt, I just felt this quickening, and I, just, I felt this prophetic word. I said, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. I hear the word of the Lord that this is our last Sunday here. <laughs> God, God is shifting some things. He is shifting us out of this place. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, pastor, we receive. We receive. I don't know where we're going. I, I, felt, I, was, I was like, we like Abraham. God is just telling us to leave the country, and he's going to take us to the land. Well, we wound up, at, wound up at the teen center, at the teen center, depressing again every single day. Every wall was a different color. It had like six pieces of carpet all over the place. The pews were old Waffle House benches that we were sitting in. And it'd be crazy because they had them like facing each other. So I'd be up preaching and the teens, they'll be over there playing cards. I'm like, we in church, y'all. Depressing. Every single day. Finally moved to the south location and making that move. Watch this. I thought, because you know, you, you faithful and you trust in God, you believe, you know, at a, at a certain point, you, you like, God ain't going to ask me for nothing else. <clears throat> because I've already sacrificed so much. Get ready to get the new building, south location downtown. He asked me for a sacrifice again. Empty out my savings account. Put my house up for collateral. Rev, just in case this thing don't work out, we're going to keep your money and take your, you and your baby's going to have to find somewhere else to live. But I go in there with faith, believe in God. And guess what, y'all? We getting ready to pay the South location off. So what I'm telling you is, when God said empowerment ministry, I didn't just receive it with joy, but I had to hold on to that word. And I'm challenging somebody here today that you about to give up on something that God still has his hands on, and you need to go back and hear what it is that God said. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, hold on to that word. You got to hold on to that word. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Watch this, watch this. Luke 8, 15, the Bible declares, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart. Everybody shout noble and good heart. You know what a noble and a good heart is? It's an open heart. It's an open heart. And some of you all right now don't have an open heart for God. What's an open heart? An open heart says, it, it, it acknowledges God, this is what I want. But nevertheless, not my will, but let your will be done. That's an open heart. Some of y'all are coming to God with conditions. I will do it if. As if you the Lord and he the servant. But according to the text, he's the master and Lord and we're the humble servants. Can somebody say amen to that? So the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who, watch this, hear the word, but they don't just hear the word. They retain it and by persevering produce a crop. They take what God says and they hold on to what he says, my God, today, until the word actually produces fruit. You're seeing 
fruit in this ministry because the men of God, my staff and my leaders, we came together and despite the difficulties and the challenges and the heartbreaks and the disappointments, despite all of that, we held on to what God said concerning this house, my marriage. I'm seeing fruitfulness because I decided to hang on to a word that God spoke to me 25 years ago. Are y'all with me in this place? Everybody show you got to act on the word. I, I want to challenge somebody in this place. I want to challenge somebody because this, this is what God did. I, I, I posed the question. So, you know, God speaks to you. Yeah, he speaks to you by dreams, by visions, uh, revelations, angelic visit, visitations, some of you guys, audible voices and all that's, that's wonderful. All of that's wonderful. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and be, I do want to throw this caveat. You, you got to be you got to be careful for the greater revelation that some of you guys are asking for. And, and I'm, I'm asking for a greater revelation, but I'm, I'm giving you guys the same warning that I have to receive myself. Thank you, Jesus. The greater level of revelation, the greater level of accountability. The greater level of, I, I was, I was, yeah, I, I, yeah, I share this, I share this. So last night, um, I saw one of my, um, my fraternity brothers. Um, I, I pledged Alpha when I was in uh, college, and I saw one of my my fraternity brothers with this black, and he had this gold embroidered 1906, and I'm like, man, that is smoking. That's so tight. So, Chad, I went online last night looking for my alpha uh, paraphernalia. And I'm like, I'm going to rock this. And then I was reminded in 1998, all of my apes, alpha paraphernalia, God told me to get rid of it, all of it. And he told me, because of what I'm getting ready to do in your life, I don't want nobody else to get credit for it. So since that very day, I've worn nothing with Alpha A5A on it. I'm not dissing the organization, nothing. This was the word that God gave to me because where he's taken me, he wants to make sure that he gets all the glory for what he's going to do in my life. So I'm on the website and I feel this conviction. So what are you going to do with this conviction? Are you going to override the word of the Lord? Or are you going to humble yourself and do what God told you to do? I decided to click off the link and say, I'm good with the clothes that I got right now. Because I want God to get all the glory out of my life. Can somebody say amen to that? So, there's a word that God gave me. Thank you, Jesus. He gave it to me in August. And I just released it two weeks ago publicly because I didn't know that it was a public word. I just thought it was a private word. I just thought it was for me. God spoke to me and he said that he's getting ready to, I'm not an economist and I'm not even watching what's going on in the world concerning financial. I'm just listening to the voice of God. Because the economists and a lot of prophetic are picking up on some of the gloominess that's happening financially and that's getting ready to happen. 
And I'm not throwing stones at none of them. I'm not, I'm not saying they're in error. Matter of fact, I know that they're right. But what God showed me, although there might be darkness in Egypt, in Goshen, it's going to be light. And God speaks to me, and he says that we're entering into a season of financial favor. Everybody shout financial favor. We're entering into a season, and he gave me the month of turnaround. The month is this year, November. Financial turnaround is getting ready to happen for the people of God. Now, for some people, they're like, well, we'll see. Well, it might not be for you. But for me and the ones who will say, I receive it, my God, today. For those who say, that's my man of God, and I trust what God is saying through him. Financial favor is getting ready to hit the house, my God, today. And I'm telling you, in the month of November, Jesus, help me in this place. Getting ready to be, it's going to initiate a turnaround. Everybody shout, in my favor. Now, now, that is the word of the Lord to the people of God that God gave to me, a prophetic word. The question is, what are you going to do with the word? Ooh, let me, let me come on down here so I can talk. Because since this ain't the first season that I've prophesied something like this and God did something miraculous, and it hit some people's house, but it overpassed others. Because there are some people who heard the word, they received it with joy, but they ain't do nothing with the word. So the question is, what are you supposed to do with the word of financial favor that God is releasing in the house? Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down because there are many of you all that's going to find yourselves in one of these four, three or four categories. Here is the first category of what you need to do. You need to expand your vision. Expand your vision. Many of you guys know we released it on last, well, actually the past two weeks we've been talking about the retreat center that God is opening up for us. And for the past three weeks, uh, I've been feeling this uneasiness in my spirit. And I'm trying to figure out why do I feel this? Because I know what it's like to miss God. I know what it's like to step out in my flesh and just try to do something for my own reputation. But I ain't feeling none of this, but yet I feel this uneasiness. And God revealed it to me this, this week that what I'm planning to build on the land is too small for what God want to do. Watch this. I'm getting ready to build something that fits my vision and not his vision. So, Pastor McGee, you need to expand your vision, expand the possibilities of what it is that God wants to do on the inside of you. Everybody shout, I'm expanding my vision. Some of you all, your goals are too... <laughs> You got goals. Thank you, Jesus. I heard that just like that. Some of y'all got goals that you can afford. Listen, nothing at all is wrong with dreaming. If you're going to dream, let it be a real dream. Not a, some of y'all ain't dreaming. Some of y'all are realitying. I just made that up. I'm going to be a doctor and doctors make up word. Some of y'all are reality. Watch, it's going to be in the dictionary. <laughs> Webster, realitying. You're making plans based on what you know you can do. And you haven't uh, uh, brought into to, to mind that God wants to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or what, y'all? Think according to the power. Somebody know the word. Expand the dream. Let me see who I got in the house. Who was that? Who was that word for? I need to expand my vision. I need to expand my dream. Lift your hand. Thank you. Thank you. That's what you run with. Here's number two. 
Here's number two. If God is going to release a word concerning financial favor that's getting ready to hit the house, that's getting ready to hit my life, what is my response? Here's number two. Develop a, the skill or partner with an agency to help you budget and manage your funds. Because God ain't sending you money for you to waste it again. So either I'm supposed to develop the skills and discipline to handle it, or I'm going to partner with somebody that's going to help me. I promise you, I promise you, if I wasn't married to this woman, I'd hire her to run my books. And I ain't trying to get you to go to her because she's too busy anyway. Leave her alone. Y'all taking away time from me now. But if I wasn't married to her, I would hire her to run my books. Why? Because she has a higher level of knowledge and skill. She, she has the passion to do it. And there are some of you guys, God is challenging you concerning your skills. He's challenging you concerning managing and budgeting your finances. If that's you, raise your hand. Let me see where you are. Let's see you. Thank you. Here's number three. If financial favor is hitting your house... God just don't send you money so that you can live fat. But God is channeling money not just to you, but through you to be a blessing to somebody else. But there are some people in this house right now that God has already been dealing with you concerning sowing, concerning giving, concerning blessing somebody else. If that's you, lift your hands. Number four, God has been dealing with you, challenging you concerning investing. For some of you all, it's retirement. For others of you all, it's not necessarily retirement, but it's taking monies, watch this, and putting it in a vehicle so that in the future, it can double, triple, quadruple into something greater than what it is right now. So that means that I got to sacrifice and not spend it on something that's going to be temporary, put it aside and act like it ain't even there. Who am I talking to? Where you at? Here's number five. Some of you, God, has been dealing with you concerning businesses, concerning entrepreneurship endeavors, starting your own business. And for some of you guys, it's not necessarily just starting business to replace income. For some of you guys, you actually love what you do working on your job. But where you are is not enough money to fuel the vision that God has for you. So you got to develop something on the side that don't interfere with this. Come on, somebody. Who am I talking to? Where you at? So here's the challenge. God says, ah, I'm getting ready to send financial favor your way. So if he's going to send financial favors, are you going to write down your dream? If he's going to send you financial favor, you make $30,000 a year, you make $40,000 a year, you make $60,000 a year. If he's going to send you favor, can you go ahead and just write out a million-dollar budget? I'm, I'm, I'm talking to somebody... I told y'all the story of one of my sisters in the gospel, uh, Ashari Wilson. She was walking down the street one day and she kicked a brown paper bag, and she said, hmm, what's that? And she looked down and opened up the brown paper bag, and it was wads of $100 bills. Some of y'all, I'm just, I'm just going to find me a... 
But let me tell you something. If you find one in this church, you better. You 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 better. <laughs> you 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 just better. I ain't talking about ties. Well, a man rob God. It's in this house. It belongs to this house. Somebody dropped it, and you need to bring. <laughs> what my what my thing at? What that thing? Bring that thing. <laughs> just. Girl, I was at church and I kicked this bag and it was just $100 bills. <laughs> you don't take that home, you bring that to the pastor. <laughs> now, real, real talk, real talk, real talk. There's some of you guys that's been praying for, how many of y'all been praying for a particular number, like a particular number? Where you at? I see you here. Here, a particular number. Here, thank you. Here. Here's the question. How many believe God can do it today? No, no, real talk, real talk. Like God can today. The question is, if he does it today, do you already have the funds allocated knowing exactly where they go? Think, think, think about that. Think about that. Because if you do it today and you ain't already got the plan, you're going to waste a whole bunch of money. And what would have been a blessing is now a curse because you got to give an account for what you wasted that God gave to you. So if God going to send a word that I'm sending financial favor and he's already been dealing with you about a budget, go ahead and write out your budget for the money that you know is coming. Am I talking to anybody in this house? Pastor, what are you doing? What are you doing? Let me, let me tell you what I'm doing. So, so, so we're going to be a balanced house. We're going to be a balanced house. We're going to be a balanced house, and we're going to talk about everything that's relevant to your life, relevant in the script, everything that's in the scripture. And right now, for the next couple of weeks, we are talking about money. We are talking about M-O-N-E-Y. What are we talking about money for? Is that spiritual? Is that, is that going to heal somebody that's sick? Is that going to raise somebody from the dead? Is that going to drive out a demon? You know what? It sure is because it's going to fly me where sick folk are. Y'all ain't saying nothing. It's going to drive me where demons are. It's going to, my God, it's going to get people's attention. I'm going to be able to bless them. And when I bless them, they're going to look to me and say, silver and gold. Not only do you have the silver and gold, but baby, I got something else that can raise you up. So if God is sending financial favor, what's your response? I need to expand my vision. I need the budget. I need to put together a budget right now. I need to go ahead. Whoo, for those that's been dealing with giving, God's been dealing with you concerning giving. You don't see. See, some of y'all been praying wrong. God, some of y'all been praying wrong. Y'all been praying, God, when you bless me, I promise you. I'm going to give what I'm supposed to give to the church. I'm going to do what you told me to do over here. I'm going to do over there what you do. But, but, but you're deceiving yourself, and the enemy likes it this way. Because the scripture declares, only if you're faithful over few. <sighs> Look, I've been tithing since I was like 9, 10 years old. My daddy gave me $10, slave labor. Not $10 an hour, $10 a week. <laughs> Look, I asked my daddy to, to pay for a summer camp one time. It was, it was $100. 
for the next three years, every time I ask for something, he'll say, remember that summer camp, son? That $100. Three years. Papa give me $10 a week. I take $1 and gladly put it in, the, in tithes, and then I take another one and put it in offering. And he asked me at the church, son, you pay your tithe? Yes, sir, I paid my tithe. Challenging me at 10 years old. So it ain't no problem with me tithing. But watch this. One day, me and the wife, we got like a huge check, like unexpected, this like, bam. The, the biggest lump sum of money I've ever received in my life. And at that particular time, whenever we, you know, because we, <laughs> I wasn't pastoring there, we were just sitting, we'd be sitting down together. And she'd write out the check, and I'd stick it in my, my jacket pocket. She wrote out the check, and I went to, and I looked at I said, what? This, we got we to gotta get as much. I had to check them out. Is this 10%? Well, don't you think we ought to just give, like, 2% this week? <laughs> Y'all going to do me like that? Come on. 2% next week until we get to 10%. We got to give it all at one time. I'm a faithful tither, but I was challenged with that number. And I'm telling you today that if you don't have a commitment, what are you saying, Pastor? Don't wait until big money comes to be faithful to God. You got to take this X uh, uh, dollar per hour that you're making right now and saying, God, I'm going to show you that I'm going to be faithful because even what I got right now, I'm going to do right by what you said with what I'm making right now. Can somebody say amen to that? So when God says, I'm sending financial favor, and God's been dealing with you about investing, you need to start re researching vehicles right now. So when the money comes, I know exactly where I'm putting it. If God's dealing with you about entrepreneurship, you need to be mentored by somebody that's already doing successfully what it is that you want to do. Are y'all with me in this place? It's crazy. I get, it's crazy. I get ragged so much. I get ragged so much in, in, in this city. And I, I love pastors and I don't throw stones at all. I get ragged in this city and people call me copycats. Now, real talk, that's what pastors, it's a circle of pastors who call me a copycat. I'm finna sound, this, this is finna sound crazy, but I'm gonna say it anyway, because I'm feeling, I'm feeling good today. They call me a copycat for going to Birmingham, going to Houston, going to Dallas, going to, to, to these pastors, sitting at their feet, getting their blueprint of what they're doing to help their church to thrive, bringing it back to little old Gulfport and doing what's already working and stop reinventing the wheel. And they say, oh, he doing that. He got that from Apostle Bishop, Pastor so-and-so. Show did. Show did. And it is working. So you mean to tell me that I should sit over here and be prideful and just struggle, come on somebody, and just do what I've already done in the past? The devil is absolutely a liar. So if God has been dealing with you concerning entrepreneurship, is, is this too practical? This is too simple, ain't it? You're like, no, this ain't spiritual enough. This is going to help your spirit. Because how many know it's easier to shout with money in your pocket? He said, y'all been picking with me about shout. When that check comes, I'm going to show shout. 
Matter of fact, I'm going to shout right now. Easy to shout with money in your pocket. Come on, somebody. I got to praise anytime, but it's, I just, I just, my, my knees go a little higher. God's been dealing with you about business. He's been dealing with you about entrepreneurship. And the word of the Lord is, I'm getting ready to send financial favor. So why are you not researching, sitting at some, humbling yourselves? As a pastor I met that I was in Houston, and, and, and uh, uh, it was actually two pastors, two pastors. One in particular, this woman of God is actually doing something that I've been wanting to do, just don't know how to do it. She goes up and she does this phenomenal presentation showing you X's and O's, this is how you do it. I came to her afterward and I said, I will pay you to mentor me, to help me to develop this so I can have my own. You know what she says? I sure will. So I'm gonna sow into her for the knowledge and the wisdom. Can she give it to me free? She can, but why do that? I'm going to sow into her, my God, today, because the sleepless nights that she spent up trying to figure this thing out, I ain't got to go through none of that, so I'm going to bless you for your sacrifice, and in just a few days, the platform you got, you're going to be looking next to me because mine going to look just like yours. Guess what I'm going to do? Jazz, I'm going to copy it. There he go again, copying. Show lamb. Let me say it like Nog Up or Show Liz. Financial favor is coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Y'all clapping, and that's good. The word talks about a people that just receives it with joy, though. But they don't take it, and they don't actually. I didn't just tell y'all that it's coming. I helped you to highlight what area that you need to work on. And now I'm just challenging you to go home and build a budget. Go home and do the research. Go home and make the commitment to give to soul. Go home and do what it is that God has challenged you to do. Is anybody with me in this place? Now watch this. I'm almost done. Now this, this text is crazy because I've been looking at this story. God, God gave this story to me about three weeks ago. And I've never preached from it before, and um, that don't necessarily mean nothing because every text God gives me, I always got to look at it with fresh eyes to see what God wants to say. So I struggle with this text, trying to figure out this, this ain't making sense. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I'm going to be real honest. I was up here at the altar last night till like 8 o'clock, still stuck, because <laughs> this ain't making sense to me. And this is what God showed me in the text. 2 Kings chapter number 6, verse number 24. The Bible declares, sometime later, Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, mobilized his entire army and marched up and laid siege to Samaria. There was a great famine in the city. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for uh, 80 shekels of silver and a quarter of cab seed pods for five shekels. Now, watch this. Five shekels of silver was more than a month's wage for a laborer. So in essence, because of this, this, this the, the, uh, the, the Arameans surrounding the Israelites in the city of Samaria, 
Nothing can come in, nothing can go out. So what the writer is saying, only rich people can eat. Everybody else is starving because it takes, what's five, five times, uh, five in, in, into 80, what's that, what's that? That number. Thank you. That's how many months that is taken of how much money that you have to be able to eat. So people are starving, they are dying to the point where the, the, the text highlight these two women coming together saying, all right, we finna die, so let's eat our kids. We gonna eat your son today, we gonna eat mine tomorrow. <laughs> you know the story, they ate the first woman today. <laughs> Second woman like, he, he already gone. <laughs> So the man of God, the king is looking for the man of God to speak a word. Hmm. Look at what the man of God says. Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. About this time tomorrow, everybody shout tomorrow. A sea of the finest flour will sell for a shekel of the two seas of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. This is the prophetic word. Whereas today it takes so many months just to be able to afford something to eat. By time tomorrow, the food is going to be cheap and plenty. It's going to be so much food, and it's going to be enough for everybody. Somebody shout, it's enough for everybody. See, that's why I'm so excited about this word, because this word is for everybody who receives it. Let's get beyond your titles. Let's get beyond your positions. Let's get beyond what you do. Anybody who will receive the word, everybody shout, this word is for me. So he said, this is where we are. Inflation. Can't afford to eat. But by this time tomorrow, the food is going to be plenty and it's going to be cheap. So verse number two, the officer on whose arm the king was leaning said to the man of God, look, look at this word. Look, even if the Lord should open the floodgates of the heavens, could this happen I hear what you're saying, and this is what some of y'all are, and I'm going to pray for you today. I want to pray for you because some of you all have been experiencing famine so long, you like, can't, is it even possible for me? And it's so sad, and I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, because there are some of you all, you have more faith in God blessing other people than you got in him blessing you. Isn't it something that you can easily see your sister with her own business? You can easily see your brother with his new ride. You can easily see, you can easily see pastor getting financial breakthrough, but that's them but me. I've been suffering so long. I've been challenged so long. Things have been bad so long. Could it possibly turn around? And God rebukes this officer because, watch this, that's why I tell you, the higher the revelation, the greater the accountability. So God rebukes the officer, and he says, you're going to see it, but you know what? You won't eat none of it you, because you didn't believe it. I don't want you to be the one who sees it in everybody else's life, but you don't eat yourself. You see everybody else's financial breakthrough. You see everybody else's business. You see everybody else's uh, a giving. You see everybody else uh, uh, growing and moving in the things of God, but you yourself don't re Somebody shout, the devil is a liar. So watch this. We pick up at verse number three. I'm going to read this quickly and I'm out of here. Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we say 
we'll go into the city. The famine is there, if we, and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. Five declares, at dusk they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there, for the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear. Look what God did. He caused them to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army, so that they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dust and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp, entered one of the tents and ate and they drank. Then they took silver, gold, and clothes and went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and hid them also. The scripture goes on to say, they went so many times they start feeling guilty, like we ought to tell somebody about this. You think we need to tell them? This is what God showed me. I turned on this for the, for the past week and a half, for the past week, and this is what God showed me. God speaks to the king, and he says, I know you've been going through. I know it's been challenging, but I'm telling you, watch, watch this. Here's the situation. They're inside the city gates, a walled city. They're, the enemy has surrounded it. It's a, it's, a, it's a strategy to starve them, to make them come out and surrender themselves so that they can eat. But the prophet says, by this time tomorrow, you'll have plenty of food. And you know what the problem was? They didn't believe, so they stayed locked up in the gate. But it was four men who the word wasn't even for. Four men who didn't hear the word, didn't know about the word, but benefited from the word because they chose to act in boldness. We got to do something. So they go into the camp and they see that the camp is completely laid with everything, the treasure, the food, and everything, and who the word wasn't intended for benefited while the people who were supposed to receive it were still locked up in their caves. Say this plainly. The word of God does not return unto him void. So whatever God says, it's going to come to pass. The question is, are you going to benefit from it, or is God going to have to raise somebody else to receive the word so his word don't, won't be wasted? I don't know about you all, but I've made a choice. God showed me that little old building you were getting ready to put on them 17 acres is too small for what I want to do in EMCC. If you build that little building, there's going to be a fresh, there's going to be a cost to your lack of faith and disobedience. And it's going to cost you more time. Oh, y'all, y'all, the cost, watch this, the cost of disobedience is work. The cost of disobedience is more labor. Ask Adam. Because of his disobedience, now you got to toil all the days of your life. 
We would have built that little old building, mother, got frustrated because we've outgrown it, and we would have had to spend more money demolishing it, building something else because your pastor's vision was too small. But the devil is absolutely a liar. I'm expanding my vision. Why? Because God's getting ready to send financial favor. I'm putting a financial plan together. Why? Because God is getting ready to put, Jesus. I see, watch, watch this, watch this. I'm creating now job descriptions of folks that I'm going to hire in the ministry. We ain't got the people yet. We ain't got the funds yet. But I'm going to go ahead and put the job descriptions together. Because everybody shout, the money is coming. Because whenever God gives you vision, the vision is always backed by the provision. So it wouldn't be God to show you something he want to do and not provide the funds in order for you to. Now, how is it they got more faith in corporate America than we do in the church? And our mission and vision statement is way more important than what they got over there in the world. It's time for us to broaden our vision. Will y'all receive this word on today? Come on, give our God a hand clap of praise. God is so good. I love you, God. I love you. I love you. I love you. Second Kings chapter number seven, verse number two. Look, even if the Lord should open the floodgates of the heavens, could this happen? Could this happen? Could this happen? Here's, here's, a, here's a question. Could this happen to me? Could this happen to me? Could, could, could God, man, I've been, I've been struggling. Could I actually become a millionaire? Could, could it like actually really happen to me? Could I actually get out of debt? Can all my student loans actually be eliminated? Could it, could it happen like that? Could I actually get the job without the credentials that they say I got to have in order to get this? I mean, do, can, can, I actually, can I actually drive something like that and it not be a challenge? Can I, can I live where I want to live? Can I, can I, do I have to have permission to go into it? Or can I, can I live in a house like that? Can, that, that? There's some of you all in here, you've been down so low. There's some of you all, you've been down so low, you like ready. Like, I'm, I'm believe whatever. You like the leper. I'm going to die either way, so I might as well go over here and see. <laughs> Whether they're going to kill me or let me have something. But then there's some of y'all in here. I felt this in my spirit. You're like, man, I've been down so low. I don't, I'm not even sure if I can, if I could achieve something like that. If God could let me have something like that. If I could be blessed like that. My, my wife has the testimony. She has the testimony of, of being abused, being abused by so many men. And so when God brought me into her life, it was a challenge because she was like, all you want is my body. All you want is my body. And I'm like, no, I want you and your body. <laughs> I do want your body. <laughs> but, but, but when I'm done, watch this. When I'm done, I'm going to stay here. I ain't going nowhere. So this is what I want to do. If that's you and you're in that situation, you're in your mind, the enemy, it's like you're fighting in your mind. God, is this really for me? Stand on your feet. I want to see who you are. Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? Thank you, Jesus. I see you. Could this happen for me? 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 
And you know what the answer is? It's absolutely yes. Come, come to this altar and line up right here. Line up right here. Line up right here. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Line up here. I want to pray for those that are saying. Is Artina here? Artina in the house? Artina has surgery. Thank you, Jesus. Jamie, come here just for a second, please. Come, 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 come. God is so good. God is good. God is faithful. I want to look at all y'all. I want to look at all y'all. Look at me. God don't have a respect a person. He don't have a respect a person. It, isn't it interesting that you would take your life some of you all, your height, your body composition, the color of your skin, the neighborhood that you grew up in, the way you talk, the school you graduated from or you didn't graduate from, and you will take these dimensions of your life and compare them to somebody else who's living in, walking in, driving in, the life that you want. And you will say, Maybe I can't have it because my skin color, my body composition, I'm not married to that person. My last name is not that. Do you think that God blessed them because of who they were? Because what they had? So God doesn't have a respect of person. He simply has a respect of principle. What's the principle? If you will take me at my word that I'm going to bless you. Jesus kept saying this. Be it unto you according to your faith. Now, now let, let me show you how powerful that is. Let me show you how powerful this is. Marjorie, the word doesn't declare, be it unto Marjorie according to pastor's faith in you. That ain't what it said. Be it unto you according to your husband's faith or agreement with you. Don't say that. Be it unto you according to your children. Believe, be it unto you according to your friends believing in the dream that God had. It don't say that. You know what it says? It says, be it unto you according to your faith. So this is what I've taken the past few moments to do is just to simply build your faith because the promise and the blessing is already there. The promise and the blessing, it's, all, it's, 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 already, it's already there. God says, I just want you to believe that not only am I able to do it, but I'm willing to do it for you. I'm going to do this real quickly. My God, thank you, Jesus. I want you to just hold your hands out just like this here. Just hold your hands out just like this. My God. And I'm going to quickly just touch each hand. And all I want you to say is, I receive it. I, it when, I touch, when I touch your hands, I'll receive it. And some of you guys have been, I feel this in my spirit, some of you guys have been feeling guilty because you're like, what I want is like so carnal. I mean, I just, you know, I just want this, you know, I just, I just want this car, I want this, this house, and, and, and it's, I know that ain't like, you know, deliverance, and it ain't salvation, and it, it ain't, but, but, it's, but God says, I got good things in store for you. 
David said, my foot had almost slipped. At least I should see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Not just in the by and by, the sweet by and by, but right here in the land of the living. God says, I want to bless your life. You are an ambassador in the earth, and I want you to look like me both inside and out. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper, 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 and be in health, good health. Watch this, watch this. Even as your soul prospers. So not only do I need you spiritually strong, I need you financially sound. I need you, I, I need you to not only be able to lay hands on the sick, cast out demons, but when you see somebody in a financial destitute situation, you not only can heal them, you not only can pray for them, but you can do some. You can be the good Samaritan that my lovely talked about last week. The man that writes the check and he says, if, if we owe anything else more than this, let me know and I'll take care of that too. God says, I want to do it for you. Everybody at the altar say, I receive it. I receive it. I'm going to pray for you. Jimmy, I just want you to pray.